Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Good morning, and we're back on this beautiful Sunday, live from sunny Slope, Arizona, where it's sunny. Yes, there are very few clouds today, not like yesterday. At any rate, we have a couple lines available. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. All you have to do is give her a call, 602-277-5827, and you could be up. We can talk about anything you want to grow, water, plant, fertilizer, kill. If you have suggestions and ideas, something different you're doing, we'd love to hear from you. Peter in the Santan Valley, good morning. Hey, how you doing, Brian? Great, Pete. Uh, question for you. I want to transplant this rogue palm that a bird deposited uh, the seed, and it's like in the middle of the yard. Okay. It's probably sitting about, the trunk is probably about a foot tall in the fronds, maybe another couple of feet. Uh, what's the best way to transplant that? So is it a fan palm, Pete? Does it have a fan leaf on it, like a stem with a yes, fan? Yes, okay. the, so, the trunk is conical, mm-hmm. and uh, the fronds are, yeah, palms, so, or fans. So basically, it's probably a Mexican or California fan or hybrid, and those are all pretty darn hardy, and it's a good time to transplant them right now while the weather's warm. So what you want to do is cut all the limbs off it, but about three or four. And what we do is we take a a sharp knife and we split the fan part of the leaf. So we tear off the part that's hanging down. So it comes up to a wedge at about a 45 degree angle. Okay. So we're just going to make the fronds smaller, tie the fronds all together, cut the fronds in half. So we've got this little trunk with five fronds all cut down to these little triangles, cut in half and all tied up. And then uh, is it lawn or rock or what's around it? It's rock. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to irrigate it really well one time. You know, okay. just put a, put a hose out there, something to get really wet. And where are you located? Well, oh, Santan, you have pretty good soil for most of that. Most of that's going to yeah, be kind of sandy. The Santan Queen Creek border, we just yeah. got like re uh, zoned by the postal office to be Santan. <laughs> All righty. So, at any rate, uh, what you want to do is you want to dig a hole around that tree, probably about three or four inches wider than the trunk. So, leave three or four inches okay. on each side and just take your shovel and turn around backwards and dig it so that you're compressing the root ball as you're digging and cutting a trench. And just keep cutting okay. down the side, shovel width, all the way around the tree, okay? And then take your shovel and turn it underneath the bottom and cut underneath the bottom so that it's going to pop up kind of a nice little root ball make it round. Right. And you could take like a bath towel and just roll it over to one side, push the towel underneath it, roll it back on top, pick it up with the four corners, go out and put it back in the ground somewhere. You want to plant it back the same depth you take it out. You want to water the first time from the bottom of the hole up to the top. So you put a hose in the hole when you backfill the dirt around it, water from the bottom up. If you have some super thrive around, that's a good thing to throw on it. If you have a little bit of, you know, moderate fertilizer, you can throw a little that on it as well. Leave it tied up for three or four weeks, untie it, and it should be fine. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Peter. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's see. Next, we have Mark in Peoria. Good morning, Mark. Morning, Brian. How you doing? Great, sir. 
So uh, I'm a newbie. I've never planted anything before in my life, but I would like to beautify my backyard, include some produce. I know that now in the fall is an ideal time to start planting, but I don't even know where to begin. I'm curious to know what you think pairs well together, where I can begin to invest in, um, you know, I guess the equipment I'll need to kind of grow things like tomatoes, peppers, uh, citrus, et cetera. Well, there's a lot of different things there and a lot we can grow here. And it's all pretty easy to do, Um, you know, especially this time of year is great gardening time. Um, You know, I grew up with a grandfather in a garden, like on, you know, an acre. We had an acre garden. We did it with a tractor, an old Ford 9-inch tractor. But, you know, I've learned uh, from experience and and the enlightenment of my wife that it's sometimes easier to grow things in planter boxes. So Mm -hmm. to start off with a new garden, the easiest thing to do is build a box and it can be right in contact with the soil. You know, eight inches tall is plenty tall. Take the soil that you have and, and blend it with one third organic material. So that's going to be a compost or mulch or those kind of things. And you could do it synthetic or organic. It really doesn't make much difference. Uh, so you can use, like, if you want to, whenever you build your soil up, you can use blood meal, bone meal, fish emulsion, those kind of things. Or you can just use a synthetic fertilizer, like a 1684 citrus food is actually really good to build soil with. Okay. And that on top of your organic material, it's easier to plant everything from transplants, so you can get transplants. And this time of year, um, we do grow tomatoes here in the winter, which we didn't used to, but the easier, faster ones for newbies are going to be things like giant cherry tomatoes and sweet 100s. Those are going to be really easy to grow. And then if you can, you can grow a wide group of all the little vegetable sets. So if you want to grow some lettuce, broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, kale, if you want something that's for sure easy to grow from seed, you can plant carrots and radishes, and those will grow from seed and you almost never fail. If you're an onion or garlic lover, it's the perfect time to plant those as well. It's also a great season to plant citrus trees. And um, so with citrus trees, we grow primarily 15 gallons and larger. But a 15-gallon tree, you're getting about a five-year-old tree that will always already have fruit on it this year. And uh, you want to find a sunny location uh, where they get a minimum of a half a day sun. Uh, Probably not ideal on the west side right up against the wall, but just about anywhere else in your yard that gets sun's fine. And citrus grow very well here, and they're very easy to grow because we don't have pests like they do in other places. So we basically don't spray our citrus. You know, we just grow them here, and they're pretty insect and pest-free. There are insects and things on them, but there's other insects that come to eat the bad guys. So that's all pretty easy to do, too. And then if you like pomegranates and peaches and plums, I mean, there's a lot of different things that you can grow. And I guess the first place to start, really, and it's so easy to do now, is pull up a, a plan of your yard. You know, and so you can pull it up on the internet. Uh, you can use the Maricopa County recorders uh, if you want to. It'll show how your house sets on the lot, which ways north and south, and all your different areas where you might want to plant. And you could bring that into the nursery, and we can kind of show you which areas work best to plant different kinds of plants. Awesome, because that was my next question about shading the vegetables. You know, um, if they're if they're going to get too much sun, at what point do I want to invest in canopies or? You know, how much sun does each one of the vegetables need? Where do I learn about that? Well, so for the wintertime, pretty much, you know, most vegetables all want full sun. You know, if we're if we're carrying things into the summer, there's some of those that we might want to be doing some shading, but not probably until June, you know, and really only for June and July. Other than that, most vegetables want full sun. But another good thing they have here, too, Mark, is the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service has a master gardeners program. And if you want to attend some of their meetings or hang out with a group or just ask questions, uh, they're very good. Excellent. 
I appreciate you, Brian. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mark. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next, we have uh, Chris in Phoenix. Hi, Chris. Hey, Brian. How's it going? Uh, am I echoing on you? No, you sound again. fine. Okay. I have lant- lantana. Not lantana. I have hibiscus. I have a couple types of lilies. I have the tiny nugget lily, and I have the tiny moon lily, and I also have a... Monrovia grow uh, a shrimp plant. Okay. Uh um, I'm going to plant those today, and I have a nice soil mix, but I only have a little bit of vitamin B1 left. Can I use Miracle Grow? Well, no, Miracle Grow is fertilizer. It's a lot different. B1's kind of, yeah, it, it helps, but not so much. Super Thrive's a better product. You don't necessarily have to have either one of them, but well, I, 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 would not the use, I would not I would not use Miracle Grow on, on brand new plants. You know, I would get them in the ground, get them situated for at least a couple of weeks before I would fertilize them with Miracle Grow because it's a synthetic, fast acting fertilizer and okay. uh, it, it can work too quick. You know, gotcha. uh, so I would do when you're going you know, to plant those, the soil you take out of the ground. Mix about one third with organic material. Make sure you water from the bottom up. I say, if you want the best product, buy some Super Thrive. Uh, but you don't necessarily even have to have that. Just well, water them in. This weather's pretty good. All the flowers fell off last time I planted, and they said, "Oh, you should have done vitamin B one." So well, the, fl- the flower, the flowers are going to fall oftentimes anyway. The most important thing is get the plants by species where they're the happiest. So, you know, the shrimp plant wants like morning sun. The lilies, depending on which ones they are. They'll take morning to full sun right up against the south side of the house. None of those plants would be ideal for the West, except for perhaps the hibiscus if you have the right cultivars. Gotcha. Yeah, they're going to be the ones in the backyard will be semi-shaded. The ones in the front will be full sun afternoon. Well, the the hibiscus would be fine in the front. The uh, shrimp plant I definitely put in the back. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. Bye bye. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Uh, Lynn and Glendale. Good morning, Lynn. Morning, Brian. A question on your on uh, geraniums. How much sun do you have to have? Oh, I'd say a minimum of about four to five hours a day to grow healthy geraniums. Okay, great. Uh, second question. I have a very old uh, honeysuckle vine. It's probably twenty years old, and of course, I've got. Uh, really whacked with the heat. Should I cut it all the way back down to just above where it's in the, in the ground? Yeah, is it a Hall's honeysuckle? Do you know what kind of honeysuckle? Is it a Cape honeysuckle or Hall's honeysuckle? You know what kind it is? Uh, I think it's Hall's. Has white flowers and green leaves? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you can butcher it. You can butcher it, okay. you know, right now, and it'll come back out. It'll grow, you know, some this, this fall. It'll come back with a vengeance in the spring, but you've got another month for it to grow. Okay, great. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have three lines available. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. All you have to do is give her a call, and you could be up after Margaret and Chris on the Whitfield Nurture Garden Show. The number to call, 602-277-5827-277-KTAR.
best song music and lyrics of all time. You know, have you ever heard a song with, with, with less lyrics in it that said more? Beautiful song, Joe Cocker. You we wouldn't expect that out of a man like Joe. <laughs> At any rate, who knows who is what. And next up, we have Margaret. Hi, Margaret in Sun Lakes. Yes. Hi, uh, Brian. Uh, I planted some uh, seeds from lemon tree. Mm-hmm. Now that it grow to a little, what do you call that? Little, little thing in my pot. Little what sapling. Uh-huh. Well, you, yeah. you, you're not sure what it's going to grow into, but it sounds like you're having fun and it's a friend. So you can either yeah. transplant it into a larger container or into the ground. Um, and you can let it grow. It's going to take it a few years to get big enough to have fruit. And then you'll see if it has fruit or not. And then if after a few years it doesn't have fruit, you can graft it and use it for a rootstock and graft another lemon or lime or something to it. So I play in the uh, pot, not to put on the ground, right? Put well, it in the if you want to put it in the ground, I, I would leave it and not plant it probably until spring because it's very young and small and it's not going to enjoy the winter months. So I would keep it in containers at least until March of next year. Do I still keep indoor? I grow them indoors. It's so hot out there. So well, well, sounds like you're being nice and having fun, Margaret. You know, the weather's getting very kind and nice right now. So it might be a good time to transplant it into a larger pot and put it on the patio. Okay. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Uh, let's see. Next, we have Chris over in Queen Creek. Hi, Chris. Morning, sir. I have three quick questions. When's a good time to trim regal mist? Is that what it's called? Um, you could trim it anytime. Normally when people are going to trim it is they're going to cut it way back close to the ground, usually in November, December. Okay. I'll do that then. Um, I am going to fertilize some iceberg roses today. Mm-hmm. I have a bunch of dwarf myrtles. If I want to fertilize those, if should I, use, can I, can I use a rose fertilizer or citrus fertilizer or not do that? Well, just be careful that the plants don't read. As long as the plants don't read, they don't care. So I don't think you have any problem. The, cit- the citrus fertilizer, like a good one like the Organo Pro Citrus, is really one of our best yeah. fertilizers we sell. And it's got chelated okay. iron and sulfur in it, so it's better than most. All and right. it's just equally as good for roses as it would be for your dwarf myrtle. Okay. Last question. I have this uh, three-sphered blue point juniper, and it during the summertime looked like it was falling over due to the wind. Mm-hmm. I'm just getting around to it right now. I dug, I have this rubberized mulch around it and I don't know if I planted this wrong or the sprinkler has done something, but there's just like six inches deep erosion of dirt and it's probably a, a foot in diameter around this thing. The plant's totally healthy. Mm-hmm. Can I fill that in with dirt? So the, did the whole root ball sink on the plant, or is it just the area that caved in yeah. around the outside of it? No, the whole root ball is down about six inches. Okay, so what happened is your mulch probably just broke down and the soil shrunk. And that's because the mulch wasn't composted enough and you put an awful lot of mulch in there. What's what's around uh-huh. it, uh, Chris? So it's it, it there's a wall um, on the east side, so it gets mostly like... Mid and it's under my front porch, so it gets like midday to afternoon sun. I mean, it's really healthy. I just don't yeah. know what it's. How, how, how's the soil grade around that though, outside of this area where it's sunken? It's great. I got all kinds of stuff growing around it too. You know, I wouldn't be overly concerned. Just don't backfill it with soil. So you can, can leave. Backfill it with. 
anything or just leave it be? You'd be better off to let it be. But if you want to backfill with anything, you could use it. If you have rubberized mulch, you know, or, or like that's, gravel. That's what I have. The rubberized mulch isn't going to hurt. Up tires. Yeah, the ground up tire style of mulch really probably won't hurt it. But, um, you know, to be on the safest side, I'd just leave it alone. Just leave it okay. like, because basically then it just becomes a bigger tree well for a little extra water and be fine. Okay, great. Thank you very much. Thanks, Chris. Bye-bye. Uh, Chris and Scottsdale. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Brian. I've got a, a, a bed that is up against the house. It's bases east and um, not too far away from it. It's a really tall pine tree that, you know, just invades that whole bed. The only thing I've had a had any success with in growing our privets. And um, I wanted to know, I want to add something different to that bed if possible. Um, I was looking around, I saw that um, the firecracker plant, is that, would that be in a, a bush and could that work? Or what are the suggestions might you have for well, a really challenging it, it's bed? Gonna, it's going to want, um, the firecracker plant's got a little bit of more sun, so it's probably not going to do well back against the house. But so it's an eastern exposure, and you have a huge pine. So we had somebody earlier call and mention a shrimp plant. Uh, shrimp plant would do pretty well there, and you might get some flowers on it, get some color still. Um, you could do Exora, I-X-O-R-A. And Exora is kind of a fun tropical plant that has flowers that will bloom some in the shade. That didn't, that didn't work um, in that bed for some reason. I don't know, well, it, then like it's said, pretty dark. I mean, if it's dark enough that the Exoras didn't, didn't you know, flower for you, that means yeah. it's, it's pretty much just full, full shade. Um, you know, there are, <laughs> other, there are other plants you could plant that would be green, like a boxwood beauty natal plum will grow in, in pretty dark shade, you know, and there's some others. But, um, yeah, if, if, if the Exoras didn't bloom, it's pretty shady. Yeah, that's what I was saying. So, so you say a shrimp plant? Uh-huh. But if the Exoras didn't bloom, they're going to be about the same. You know, there, okay. there's a um, tropical uh, honeysuckle which is like a Mexican honeysuckle that has an orange flower on it and a larger tropical leaf. And mm -hmm. um, that plant blooms better and more shade than most. Um, but, you know, when you, when you get to the point that exoras don't bloom, you don't have much sun. <laughs> it's just pretty dark. <laughs> yeah. That, so maybe stick with the privets or maybe try uh, one of those um, uh, well, honeysuckles. Yeah, well, the, privet, yeah, the privets are going to be nice and green. And the box of beauty natal plum will be nice and green. And they'll, they'll, do, they'll fare quite well in the shade. Okay. That's great. Okay, I appreciate the appreciate the ideas. You know, Chris, if you wanted to pop up some yeah. color, if it's right by the front door, what you might do is get a large a potter, a large basket or a large plant, and maybe do like some begonias or impatience in, in, in uh, containers and kind of mix them in. That's and that could be that's fun, too. Yeah, I'll give you a little more color. Yeah, that's what we're looking for. All right. Thanks a lot. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. Oops, and uh, we were a little quick. But anyway, we've got three lines or four lines still open. Wide open phones after Mr. Jim and Stanfield. Give uh, Shira a call, 602-277-5827. Good Jim morning, Jim. Yeah, that's you. Hi, Jim. Hey, Brian, how you doing? Good. I got a 20-year-old uh, uh, southwestern pine that's about uh, 20 feet tall, and it's dying up at the top. The bottom's doing good, but... Uh, branches on top are dead you know it'll come back out jim and rebalance you ever fertilize it at all not really no are, are you right in the town of stanfield where you're located uh over at amarillo valley and uh century 
Okay, so yeah, hidden, hidden Valley. Hidden yeah, valley. So, so what you want to do, and that and that's an advantage because you are cooler at night out there. But what you want to do is go ahead and feed it right now. And you know what they okay. really like is this blood meal. You know, you can buy blood meal in bags and feed a blood meal. It works really good. Or you can just use like a balanced fertilizer, like a citrus food. But this is a great time to feed it. Deep watered a couple times. And it should pop some new buds out. Now, that top portion that's burnt and dead, you might have to prune out. And if it happens to be an Aleppo pine, it might come up with some really nice form and character and shape, you know, as it grows back after being damaged. But um, okay. I, I, th I think it'll come back fine. Go ahead and feed it now. Also, I have an acacia tree in the backyard there that's uh, it's 15 feet tall and 15 feet wide, a beautiful shade tree. And during the, the summer here, we'd run the sprinkler, and the birds would just loved it down there playing in the water. Mm -hmm. And uh, now I've got acacia tree babies coming up all around <laughs> the yard there. And, uh, what's, what's, the best, what's the best way to transplant those things? Uh, well, they're going to be deeper rooted than you think. This is a, this, this acacia have thorns or no thorns? No thorns. Okay, so it's like family acacia salicina. Um, well, it'd be easier just to start new ones from seed than trying to plant the ones you already have in the ground. But if you want to get them, just get a deep shovel or spade, something you can dig down about a foot deep with, and try to get them when they're small. And get them well irrigated and just drip, you know, pop right down beside them and try to move them. If you had a little bit of super thrive for the transplant shock, that would be good. And this would be a good time of year to try and move them. But the larger you let them grow, the harder they're going to be to move. Yeah, I got so many of them. I think about making a hedge down so long. <laughs> well, the, the, the damn thing. Acacias can grow pretty fast. Yeah, they do. They sure do. Well, Jim. All right, thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Have a nice day. Bye bye. You too. Well, it looks like uh, Mr. Troy Barrett came into the studio here, so we're going to find out what's happening in the world. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the interim, you can give Shira a call. We do have two lines still available at 602-277-5827. It's Brian and Shira and Troy here every Sunday morning live from Sunny Slope on KTAR with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Now the problems around us are many But the answers come to us with ease Take care of the land, your friends and your family And remember to plant lots of trees Yeah, cause trees eat us all in the end So plant one for me when I'm gone Then if you hear that I've died You can tell them they've lied I'm just shading Somebody's lawn Yeah, well, trees eat us all in the end So plant one for me when I'm gone Then if you hear that I've died You can tell them they've lied I'm just shading out somebody's lawn Well, welcome back, folks. Just part of reality there. Beautiful morning. Looks like the lines are full. We'll get right back to the phones. Uh, next up, we've got Ralph and Mesa. Good morning, Ralph. Good morning, Brian. I've got a Madagascar I want to plant in the ground. I've got it in the pot right now. And I was wondering, is it a good time to do that? Well, you know, it's not a terrible time, Ralph, but why not wait a few weeks? You've probably got it in a lot of shade right now, don't you? Uh, yeah. yeah okay, I do. so the transition is going to be a lot easier in cactus and succulents. Uh, not not to you know, not to hurt them. So I'd wait till the middle of October, 
Uh, it doesn't really have the chance to grow as much as it would now, but it also doesn't have the chance to get in the sunburn because you took it from the shade to the sun. Yeah, because it's, uh, I've had it for three or four years in this big pot, and it's, uh, it's died a couple of times, came back a couple of times. So it looks a little stressed. Like at the bottom, it's pretty thin. It's about four feet tall, mm-hmm. but uh, I think I think they're better off in the ground. How much sun do you have in an hour, Ralph? Oh, maybe two, three hours a day. What side of the house is it on? It is on the east side. Okay, so move it out I'm further over. away from the house. Okay, don't turn okay. the direction of it. Move it you know, a little further away from the house so it gets an extra couple hours a day sun right now. And then, okay. then, pl- then plant it outside in the middle of uh, October. But what you do have to be mindful of too with Madagascar's is their frost tender. So if you put it out there right. and it, you know, you have to protect it if it's going to freeze. Does it have to be in a lot of sun when you plant them? No, they'll they'll grow from you know half a day sun or or, or more. But what's nice about Madagascar's if you get them out in full sun, they get big. They have beautiful blooms like plumerias. Right. So they have that, you know, really pretty flower and things on them. So they do enjoy some sunlight. And they're kind of like yeah, growing up, you know, where they come from. They they kind of grow up the same as a saguaro would here, where they're young and start in the shade. Then they get big, and then they're the big masterful plant that takes over everything. But um, so they'll enjoy being out in the sun, and they'll grow beautifully in the sun. But uh, transitioning to the sun, you have to be careful. Yeah, well, the worst thing is I bought a, a monster uh, sushi tree from you mm-hmm. and it's uh pretty well shade in the whole backyard now well that, not, that, Mad- not- that madagascar will really enjoy that partial light from that sisu you know and with with a big oh. sisu tree what you want to do with them ralph is you want to this winter just go through and thin it out you know open it all right. up and uh you'll get a lot more light through and uh and make sure you just don't water it oh yeah the water's <laughs> been cut off you told you told me that last time <laughs> all righty yeah so and one other one other thing. Uh-huh. What's a great uh, a hummingbird attractor vine that I could plant? And can you put it in a pot? No, oh, absolutely. I mean, there's 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 all kinds of different things. But Cape honeysuckle is one of their favorites. You know, with the orange trumpet That's flowers, good. and it's one that will actually grow really well too if it's partially shaded by that big sisu. It'll produce really well in the shade. But really, when you come to the nursery, look for anything that's got a tubular trumpet type flower, and that's what hummingbirds' favorites will be. You know, a plant as simple as ruella with the purple flowers that you can kind of grow anywhere. Uh, the real yep. botanica hummingbirds love those too. You know, there's a, those little hummingbirds are fun. Little, they're a little brutal. Good thing that they're not bigger because they're on little guys, but uh, they're sure fun I, to we watch. We have them on our patio. We, <laughs> you know, we love them flying around when we have people over. But um, but they will grow in pots, those uh, trumpets. Yeah, the Cape Honeysuckle will do fine in a container. Okay. Real good. Thank you, Brian. Thanks, have Ralph. a great rest of your weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we've got Barb in Phoenix. Hi, Barb. Good morning. Brian, I just put a bite of, of cereal in my mouth. Well, was it good? What are we having this morning, Barb? Oh, oatmeal. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I garden. I, I'm a container gardener, mm-hmm. and I want to uh, get my pots ready. Okay. Uh, after this horrible summer intense heat on all that dirt in I mean on the soil in my pots how do how am I going to do I have to uh, change all the soil 
No, you, you don't have to do that, Barb. You can, what you need to do is probably add some organic material. And if you want to, you could add like fish emulsion or blood meal and bone meal and just kind of build that up. And mm -hmm. if you have some other garden soil around somewhere where you might have some good biology to it, where it's been kind of active all summer, you can just take a little scoop of garden soil out anywhere else where some other plants have been real active and maintained and just mm -hmm. inoculate it a little bit, you know? So you can just throw a little bit of just a little scoop of that in there. And that's going to get all your bacteria and stuff back happy again. And sometimes it's good to solarize because that's a good way to get rid of a lot of our the pathogens and things we don't want in the soil. So you'll be fine. Oh, good. Okay. Should I put any um, plant food in when I um, plant my plants? Well, it depends on how you want to you know, fertilize. If you want to use something like Osmocote, which is a slow release, you know, last 60 to 90 days this time of year type fertilizer, um, right. you could certainly put that in right when you plant, and that's going to slow release, and you'll have fertilizer for you know, a couple months. Oh, good. Oh, great. Thanks a lot, Brian. Thanks, Barb. Bye-bye. Uh, bye. Uh, Carrie and Florence. Good morning, Carrie. Good morning, Brian. Hey, I was calling. We have a flowering plum in my front yard that we got planted about a year and a half ago. The trunk is wrapped. Um, it, it was beautiful all summer, and then the leaves started falling off. They all fell off, but then it got new growth all along all the branches, and then those just died over the last two weeks. Do I, is my tree going to be dead? <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess the question, is it going to be dead or is it already dead, Carrie? Uh, either way. <laughs> well, it's if, you a go, beautiful tree, if you go out and scratch some limbs and they're all dry, chances are it's dead. Um, you know what well, happens they often? They still bend. They still bend? Oh, okay. Yes. On the trunk, you say the trunk's wrapped, right? Correct. Okay, so go out and take the wrap off the trunk and see if the trunk looks healthy or if it's got bark that's peeling and got holes in it. Because what happens okay. oftentimes with plums is that when it's really hot and they're stressed in the summertime, they'll be attacked by a little insect called a flat-headed beetle or boar. And it's got a little okay. beetle that has this boar insect. And the boar goes through and eats through the wood of the tree. And if it's been eaten up and riddled by the boars, it might be dead or going to die. Um, so, okay. so check for boars. You know, if, if it has a lot of boars, it's probably too late to help it. You'd be better off just starting with a new young tree than trying to save okay. it this time of year. Oh, okay. Well, hopefully there's no boars. But then what do I need to do after that? Well, if there's if no boars, okay, and if the wood all looks pretty healthy, I don't have any great reason why it shouldn't be coming out right now. So then I would give it a shot of Super Thrive and a light dose of fertilizer and see if it can pop out some new growth. Because though plums are deciduous, they don't normally lose their leaves on the purpley plums till Christmas or so. So maybe it can pop some new growth out. This is great weather for it to come back. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, and you have a wonderful day. Thanks, Carrie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Uh, Sue and Peoria. Good morning, Sue. Good morning, Brian. I have a couple of questions for you. Um, we bought three pistachio trees and had them all planted on the same day, probably within the last month, uh -huh. month and a half. Um, two of them are doing great. One of them, the leaves have started to turn brown. Not all of them are brown, but a lot of them are. We followed all the directions for watering and everything. Any suggestions? Well, the one thing is we don't want to do is we don't want to overcompensate by keeping it too wet. Okay. Right. Because pistachios like to be on the drier side of life. How, how have you okay. been watering them? Um, my husband, I think he's only got them on like 
every other day maybe right now. Okay, so that's not going to be very good for pistachios. So pistachios, what okay. we want to do is we want to change them to once a week. No more than that. Okay. Okay. They want to get dry in between irrigations. Uh, what what size were they? Um, they were the small. Like we a might fifteen have had gallon, one. or the one that, yeah, the it was the smallest one. Okay. Well, like a fifteen gallon size pistachio probably needs about fifteen to twenty gallons of water. One time okay. a week needs to get dry in between. I would make sure that the one that's suffering is not planted too deep. So go dig down alongside the trunk and make sure you can find what's called the root flare. That's going to be where okay. the roots come out of the trunk and go into the soil. And you don't want that any deeper than about an inch below the soil. So okay. where those roots come out, you want that right on the surface. I would open the wells up if that's the case and just take some dirt out so that that, or you could pull them up and, and plant them back higher. But if they're planted okay. too deep, that can be a big problem. And if you got one acting kind of funny, that kind of might be the case. But no, okay. now's the time to change the watering to once a week, no more than that. And then really in, in like mid to November, you're going to go to once every two weeks. So they want to okay. get dry between irrigations. Have you fertilized it all? Um, yeah, he's fertilized some. Okay, so real light doses of fertilizer on a more regular basis are best. Okay, so we've got three other trees on the same irrigation. Is mm -hmm. once a week for most of the trees a good thing right now? Pretty pretty much, Sue, unless you're like on the side of a mountain in super rocky soil, uh, once a week's plenty for everything. <laughs> yeah, we're not. <laughs> okay. Um, one other quick question. We had a lantana. We thought that it was having problems just with the heat because it just all of a sudden went brown completely. Mm -hmm. The other ones are doing great. Um, we trimmed it down to the uh, just a couple inches on the um, nubs, you know. Right. Do you think it's going to come back? Well, if it's going to come back, it should do it the next couple of weeks. The weather's perfect. Okay, so, so if just it's, keep if it, it going. If it's gonna, and yeah, and, and, and once again, just kind of like with that pistachio, check and make sure it's not planted too deep. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks, Sue. Bye-bye. Oh, -bye. Uh, let's see. Next up, we got Diana in Glendale. Hi, Diana. Hi, Brian. So I hear you talk quite often about uh, sour orange. Uh-huh. And, and I'm from the Valley, and my mother was born here. And those orange trees that you can't eat the oranges, they always call them ornamental oranges. Is that the Sa same thing? The same plant, exactly, yeah. Just okay, another great. I was watching... Okay, excellent. Because I was watching... A, they were making a sour orange pie, mm -hmm. and they were talking about sour orange juice, and all I could think of was the ornamental... And then you quite often you talk about sour root stock on some of yeah, the trees. Yeah, it's all so. it's all the same plant. Um, and I'm not sure okay, if we have any more left. I did at one time have some Brazilian ones that if you wanted to make pies and things that were juicier than the normal <laughs> ones we grow here. But uh, you know what we did when I was young is we used to harvest all the fruit and it would all go to Canada, and they would use most of it for marmalade. But you know, in other cultures, other cultures use it a lot. I've had customers come in and taste oranges and not really like them, and I've let them taste one of the sours, and they thought, "Oh, that's the perfect orange." So, you know, there's there's a lot of different thoughts and ideas on. Yeah, citrus, that's but, strange. But we grew up here with sour oranges, and uh, it is the rootstock. It's a very common hedge, and it's just a hardy citrus. 
Okay, like like my mom always said, they, they're ornamental oranges. You can't eat them. But thanks well, so much for answering the question. Well, they're, they're, and, or, they're uh, ornamental oranges, but you can certainly eat them. <laughs> okay, good deal. Thanks again. Uh, thanks, Have Diana. a good day. Bye-bye. Uh, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back with Morgan, Dan, and Lynn. If you'd like to be after Lynn, all you have to do is call Zandra. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. We're going to come back with about 10 minutes on the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. We're here every Sunday from 7 to 9 on 92.3. 3FM, KTAR, live from Sunny Slope, Arizona. When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she is standing right there in front of me. I can still hear him say, let it be. Sing the thing now, let it be. getting sure to cut in and join in, you know. I, I know she can out-sing them. I know she can do it. Hey, welcome back to the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Beautiful morning out there. Come out and see us at Whitfield. You know, we grow trees. Started with my grandparents back in the 40s and continuing today for, for four generations. If you need trees any size, any kind, delivered, planted, and guaranteed, come out and see us. If you need any quantity, especially if you're looking for like large uh, specimen date palms or maybe bigger trees, 48, 60, 72 inch box, or even that perfect little lemon tree. We've got great Great citrus right now, uh, six feet tall for just $199, loaded with fruit. You know, you can come in and taste one of the fruit. Now, the lemon's a little green. They might be a little sour right now, but you're certainly welcome to try one. Our original store is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 2647 East Southern, Southern Avenue, straight south to Sky Harbor Airport. Woodfield Nursery for four generations, growing trees here in the Valley for Arizona's future. Next up, we have Morgan in Phoenix. Hi, Morgan. Well, hello, sunshine. Good morning. All right, so I got a queen palm, and its leaves were getting crusty and brown. I went out there to cut them back, and I pulled one of the leaves out of the center, and now there's just a hole in my queen palm. Is it is it done for? Has it croaked? Well, there's a hole in your bucket, and it's probably not going to come back out, but not necessarily, okay? What you might do with it is get some uh, copper sulfate. Okay, and mix it with water and pour it down the crown. And uh, okay. what's being done is being eaten by a bacteria 
I mean, by a, by a fungus. And uh, so the fungus is eating up the crown of it. Uh, you can also mix some with water and pour it around the outside. Give it a shot of fertilizer. And, uh, you know, it was due to the stress from the heat. And the other thing you could use, too, in addition, would be Monterey Disease Control. You can use the two together and um, whatever you'd like to do. And, you, you know, your chances are fair. Does, so, it, does uh, it still have any green foliage at all? No, no, all, all of it popped out the top. So that was the other question: is do I cut it down closer to where that hole is, or do I just let no? It, just let just it roll? just pour it, pull the pull the core out, pour it down the crown. Okay, it's going to go into the growing bud, which is located just above, you know, just below where the fronds come out, and that should kill the fungus. But we may be too late. And, and but there aren't there all aren't right. there aren't any green fronds on the side at all. Nope, nope. It's uh, they were all coming out of the top because that's the way it's been trimmed. But okay, now they're just sitting on the ground next to it. Sad. <laughs> I wouldn't hold a whole lot of hope. A little bit of hope's okay. <laughs> all right, I won't tell my kids. All right, bye, Morgan. Well, hey, Morgan, you can always be like Santa. You could always bring one in the night and change it. And say, look how that thing grew. <laughs> the Easter Bunny came. Right? That's right. The Easter Bunny does show up every year. Thanks, Morgan. I appreciate your time today. Bye-bye. Dan and Scottsdale, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good morning, longtime listener. Hey, I've got a sumac tree in the front yard of my house that is, uh, it looks like the roots are pushing up my uh, walkway a little bit. Mm -hmm. So if I have that tree cut down, is the normal process to pull the roots out too? Well, you're, you're trying to get rid of the tree completely then, right? You betcha. Okay, so yeah, I would just have it cut down on the roots ground, and as long as they're ground below the soil, you'll be fine. So those roots won't come back and a new tree won't grow in its place? Well, you have to take them down below grade, okay? Now, the, other, grade. the, the other thing you can do is you can put some stump killer on it, you know, when you cut it down, and then wait a week and come back and grind the roots. And what that does is it goes systemically right through the tree when you cut it down, and you put it, you just brush the top of the tree and around the cambium layer, and it goes back in and kills the roots, and you leave it a week and come back and grind it. And that's a little more of a, a, a for sure protocol. But we don't have to cut all those roots uh, out and, and remove the big stump uh, and to, to get rid of it and make well, sure if, you can if, just... If you leave the roots above the ground and just cut the tree off, they'll come back out, you know, but it was so you're right. going to have to... Then, then what I would do, honestly, the best way to do it is cut the tree off, okay, and brush the whole top of the, the tree trunk with, with brush killer, okay, uh -huh. and wait a week and then come back and grind out the roots and you'll be fine. Be done. That should do it then. That'll do it. How about how about if uh, if a tree is because uh, uh, I've got another one I'm thinking about it. It's near a uh, a sewer line and it may you know some of the roots may be in the you know the sewer line getting water from that. Would it be the same thing? You can just grind it down below grade and put the stump stuff on it, and that should take care of it. Yeah, you're gonna put the stump things on it first. But typically, if you have roots in a sewer, they're gonna cause a problem. And you'd know about it if they're actually in the sewer. So if your sewer is yeah, well, not we, being plugged, then they're not a problem. If their sewer is getting plugged, they could well be a problem. All right. But either way, the same approach would work. Absolutely. Okay. Hey, super. Thank you so Thanks, much. Dan. I sure do appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Uh, Lynn and Glendale. Good morning, Lynn. Hi, Brian. Two, two questions on Lantana. Mm -hmm. I've got the very old kind, the purple, the, the wide and high ones, and I'm kind of getting ready to cut them down. Okay. I've never fertilized these things. Are you supposed to? 
Well, it's up to you. I mean, they'll grow faster, but you know, lantana are so hardy, they really don't require a lot of fertilizer. Oh my God, so. yeah, I don't need them to grow any fast. All right, then don't feed them. <laughs> okay, my other question is, you know, the low-growing kinds, I think there's some spreading kinds. You have ones that would drape over the side. I want to put them, because it's full sun. Well, the purple and, the purple and white uh, are monovensis, that's a different subspecies of lantana, and those are the ones that are going to trail the most. And okay, they, they, and they you come, guys have that? Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. Thanks, Brian. Thanks, Lana. Bye. Bye-bye. Well, it looks like we're going to run out of time, folks, and I'm going to have to say goodbye. Let's see. I'll try. Well, you know what? We won't do that. Rick and Gordon, I'll take you both off the air. Appreciate the calls today and hope you enjoyed the program. And uh, wonderful weather. Great time to plant trees and things and enjoy each other. Come out and see us. Good time for a picnic, do a little mountain climbing. But the most important thing is a perfect time to love each other. And if we let it be and work together, work as a team, there's nothing we can't accomplish. We're in the most beautiful country in the world with the most talent because we're so diversified. We'll be with you here next week. Have a nice uh, Sunday and come see us at Whitfields if you get a chance.